0: Hello, and welcome to the Global Trading Podcast. I'm Terry Flanagan, editor of Global Trading. Global Trading is a Marcus Media Group publication. Today, we're talking about the US IPO market, current conditions, latest trends, and the outlook for 2024. With us today, I'm pleased to be joined on the podcast by Don Short. Don is head of venture equity at Investex Capital. Investex delivers access, liquidity, and innovation to the private equity asset class through investment in late-stage, pre-IPO private equity. Don, thanks for coming on the Global Trading Podcast. It's great to have you. Hi, Terry. Pleasure to be here. Don, can you talk briefly about your career to date and outline your current role and responsibilities at Investex?
1: I'm currently the head of venture equity at Investex. Investex is a, a late-stage growth equity investment manager, and we... We focus on on those companies that that are you know in that one to three year pre-IPO period. And in terms of my background, I started out uh, on the sell side as in institutional sales and trading. Uh, followed that up with a with a period in research, and then launched my own portfolio management company. All all of this focused on the oil and gas sector in my own firm. I was focused on oil and gas private equity, which was kind of the bridge between my background and and InvestX. And you know, got to got to learn how private companies trade, how they're settled, how custody works, and and have taken all that that knowledge and experience and rolled that into investex, where we manage late stage private positions. So we go through the whole life cycle from research, analysis, share sourcing and then building and constructing portfolios of private, of private securities.
0: Okay, great. So just to connect the dots between your career background and role and responsibilities now in our topic of IPOs, if I understand this correctly, you select private equity investments for client portfolios and those investments ideally become IPOs. Do I have that correct?
1: Yeah so so I'm head of venture equity at Investex. We, we focus on late-stage private positions, and kind of the, the criteria that we use for for evaluating that is some of it includes the ability to be public on, on an IPO. So we're looking for companies with market-leading positions that have revenue traction, they've got a go-to-market strategy, they have uh, all of that stuff ironed out, and they're probably one to three years from being able to to IPO so we're trying to catch that maybe that last one or two rounds of financing and then the potential ipo and then you know after the ipo we we return that capital to shareholders either if it's a an MA transaction we'll we'll pay out in cash or if it's a, an ipo we'll deliver stock to to the investors to allow them to make the decision make the buy sell decision at that point
0: Got it. Thank you. So, so how would you characterize the private equity market, say, uh, the year it's had? We're in mid December right now. You know, everyone can see public equities, how, how they've done throughout the year, but private equities, there's less information. How would you characterize how good or bad or somewhere in between the market was this year in private equity?
1: Yeah. So, so the best way to understand 23 is to look at 2022 and where we came from. When we had that, the, the big correction at the end of 21 and into 22 in the public markets, people hit the brakes pretty hard in, in the private markets. There were a bunch of BC letters that went out t- telling people to, you know, cut their burn rate, tighten their belts and extend and, and prepare for kind of an extended period with, with less access to capital. We had a disconnect between the public markets in 22 and the private markets you know big early correction on the public side you know people hung on to higher valuation levels in the in the private markets because they you know they really weren't forced to make that adjustment until they had to think about raising capital so over the course of 22 and into 2023 we saw a narrowing of, of the spreads between the private market valuations and the public market valuations and that sort of culminated i think probably in September of 2023, we started to see uh, material enough narrowing, enough belt tightening that we had a bunch of companies that that were potentially ready to IPO in September at some of them at lower valuations, but all with stronger business fundamentals. They had used the, the last year to tighten their belts, cut costs and and get themselves into a know profitable position or an even dot positive position and start to rethink about growth. So we had in September we had the first couple companies test the IPO markets in in quite a while with IPOs from ARM, Clavio and Instacart. And I would say they were they were successful IPOs in terms of getting done and getting the capital raise. But the follow on wasn't great, you know, so we didn't see the company iPO and then run up substantially in the in the public markets, so kind of a muted reception from those iPOs, which I think caused the backlog of companies that that were were looking at potentially following on the heels of those ipos to to pull back a little bit so I know there were a number of companies that that were that had S ones filed and and we're getting ready to potentially IPO in in Q four that put those plans kind of on hold while they reassess the market environment. As we got kind of got into October, early November, we saw the kind of the the public markets adjust to the fact that we could be seeing the end of the tightening cycle. So we saw public equity prices take off again, but I I think just it was a little too close to year end to cause any real IPO activity in the fourth quarter. But I, I really do think that, you know, there are a bunch of companies polishing up their financials and, and their marketing decks and, and getting ready to look at potential IPOs in Q1 of 2024.
0: Right. I was looking at some aggregate numbers before our, our podcast, and it looks like the IPO, total IP, value of the IPOs this year was meaningfully above... 2022, but still well below kind of the longer-term average. Going off the end of your last question about possible strength into Q1, would you anticipate that next year should be reasonably strong and maybe more more like longer-term historical numbers?
1: Yeah, I'm a little more cautious on 2024. I I think just from a broader standpoint, we're going to fluctuate back and forth between better growth outlook and more more inflation concerns. And I think we're going to be kind of doing that back and forth dance between a risk on and a risk off environment for a more drawn out period. So it's going to be, I think, going to be hard to create a lot of real momentum. And the momentum is really what's required to really build the IPO pipeline. So I, I think we're going to see more IPOs. I think 24 will be better than 2023, but I don't think we're off to the races, so to speak, in 2024.
0: Right. Okay. So, so if we were to look at some of the broad trends that impact the IPO market, certainly you talked about Federal Reserve; they may or may not be finished tightening, and maybe even be might be cutting rates next year. But what beyond that? What are some broad trends that are important for the IPO market, and you know how, by extension, how might they impact investors in pre-IPO private?
1: I mean, I think I think the main driver of, of the IPO market is growth. I think the best place to find that growth is is in these late stage private companies. So that I think that is the real driver. We've seen a lot of excitement and interest around, you know, artificial intelligence, for example. Probably a little immature yet to be considering IPO, specifically related to the pure play IPO artificial intelligence companies. But I think we're gonna see a lot of different companies layer artificial intelligence into their products to kind of rejuvenate growth, increase productivity and and increase efficiency of their platforms. And I think that could be part of what reinvigorates the the growth that's going to be required to make compelling IPO companies.
0: Yes, yes. Thanks for that. And can you talk a little bit about the process of investment selection at Investex like what is the secret sauce if you will without giving away the secret sauce how do you you know think you differentiate and choose wisely
1: Right I mean we really do focus on that late stage category so within that you know we have a number of factors that we look at and they're all primarily geared towards managing risk or mitigating risk of, of the investments themselves so we're looking for market leaders category leaders within their areas we're looking for revenue traction so we're looking for companies that have north of hundred million dollars in in revenue. We're looking for, in marketing speak, we call it escape velocity. But we're looking for companies that can generate growth north of thirty percent as a kind of compelling factor for a company to potentially IPO. We're also, looking for what we call IPO readiness and what that means. That that's more of a broad basket statement that says does the company have a go to market strategy have they figured out their unit economics you know is it is everything in place for them to basically add capital to accelerate their growth rates and all of those things is that that catch all of, of ipo readiness that that we're looking for so you know and each one of those criteria kind of mitigates the risk of the investment within the our investment selection process mm-hmm.
0: and if, if we were to look at specific Examples. Can you discuss a, I don't know, one or two specific examples of an investment that worked out very well in terms of you getting in at the right time? And then it did go through all the growth and the funding stages and ended up working out well for your clients?
1: Yeah, we can we can definitely do that. So we launched, you know, right at the kind of peak of the concern around COVID in 2020, we launched a short duration fund where we picked a basket of four companies. and what we were saying was that these companies were being heavily discounted in the secondary market because of justifiable concerns about about covid but also the fact that you know that there are usually limited buyers of private securities in the private markets and we were seeing quite a few companies that that were trading at what we felt were heavily discounted values relative to their their long-term prospects so we added positions in Palantir, Airbnb, Sofi and Dataminer as as four names during that period managed to get them all at what we thought were really compelling valuations in and around the the 4 to 6 times revenue with growth rates like like I said that were 30 to 30 to 50% and just created it was kind of a really compelling opportunity and we managed to trade out of most of those names I think three of the four IPO'd within 18 months of our of our purchase. I think our total return was something like a, a 3.2 times what our initial investment was. So everything came together in, in one spot and happened over a very short period of time. But th- that is the same type of thing that we're looking to do over a longer period of time with, within our normal fund structure. And I think it, we're launching our fourth fund right now. And I think we see a lot of Similar type conditions in the marketplace right now. We're you know we're seeing companies at compelling discounts to their last rounds, discounts to their public market peers, growth rates that are starting to stabilize and reaccelerate after a period of cost cutting, and valuations that that are in line with historical lows. So we think twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four the the investments that we make during that time period will shake out well over the next three to five years as they have time to grow and mature.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. That segues really into the the last question that I think I had just, if we were to forward spin this discussion somewhat, it sounds like you are constructively optimistic heading into 2024. I know there's only so much visibility we have beyond that, but you think the business will continue to be a strong one with lots of of investment opportunities beyond just next year?
1: I do. And, and, I mean the market sort of fluctuates between good times to buy and good times to sell and I think we're I think we're in a good time to buy right now so all of the investments that we've picked up over 2023 and into 2024 when the IPO market activity really starts to heat up in I think probably 25 and 26 are going to look like good good purchases.
0: Okay great sometimes I like to give my guests what I call the last word and uh, just wonder if there's anything else that we you know we didn't cover that you think is worth mentioning in this context or any final words for the listener about Investex, private equity market, IPOs, Christmas shopping, (laughs) anything?
1: I I think it's just, it's a very exciting market. You know, we're we're focused on late stage private equity and and those companies, those are the companies that are disrupting our normal way of doing things. This is where where growth and innovation comes from. And we kind of get an early look at some of those things that uh, will be impacting people's Business and, and lives in in the years to come, and that's been the case in the past, and I think it'll continue to be the case in the future. And you know, just all the the excitement that we're seeing around space and AI and robotics, you know, all of these things, I think are going to be very impactful in the coming five to ten years.
0: Great, we've covered a lot of ground here. I think this has been a very informative discussion. I know I know a lot more about private equity and IPO markets than I did. 20 minutes ago. So Don, I want to thank you once again for coming on the podcast and sharing your insight. Thanks, Terry. It was fun being here. Our guest today was Don Short, head of venture equity at Investex. I'm Terry Flanagan, editor of Global Trading. You can find the Global Trading podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It's also on the Global Trading website, which is fixedglobal.com. Thank you for listening.